is Ben Guest, and this is Ben Bo's podcast, where we talk creativity, learning, education, sports, leadership, politics, everything. Today, I have a conversation with Melissa, and she's a friend of mine. We were Peace Corps volunteers together many moons ago, and she is a master teacher. She teaches international baccalaureate curriculum at an international school. She's an English teacher, and we start with the process of outlining. When you're doing an outline, either for yourself or when you're teaching it, how detailed do you like the outline? Uh, so I'll have an idea. It will feel more like an explosion if I were to put it into um, something that's happening inside my brain. Um, kind of looks like fireworks, I suppose. Um, has lots of spark, but no organized manner at which that if you asked me what I was thinking at that moment, I would just sound like I had, you know, a case of schizophrenia, I'm assuming, just because it would be so disjuncted or it would be everywhere and nowhere at the same time. So I see that and I feel it, but I want to produce something from it. So I have to throw all of that down onto a piece of paper and most of my paper <laughs> is lined. <laughs> and I think that's interesting because I don't particularly think in lines, but it ends up onto lines, um, all of those sparks. Uh, but it doesn't end up in, in left to right staying, you know, staying a flow of a paragraph. It just looks like pieces in different sections. And then once I've sectioned that paper out, um, I, have, I have before cut it up into pieces physically cut it and then laid it out on the, the floor. Um, and that looks like a puzzle that I'm organizing. Uh, and then sometimes I don't need the whole puzzle and I have a bunch of arrows everywhere or triangles. I have a system of symbols that ends up in the margins of my books. Uh, and those symbols all mean something. Uh, so as I'm organizing, I back into the organization, but it has to show up physically on paper first from, from, from mental to paper. What are the conditions you'd like to have in place to foster creativity? Mm, conditions. Oh, I have none. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's a magic bullet for that. And I don't think there's a condition that helps or hinders, um, I would say my sweet spots of time, though, are first thing in the morning and then very late at night. So the midday, I, I would not say I'm very creative. I would say uh, another condition is perhaps environment for me. Um, the sun is uh, pretty key. I, I write and think and feel more creative when I am in the sun or very near it near the water or very near it, <laughs> uh, in nature, at a park, at a beach. Um, so most of my pages have watermarks from various things or suntan oil. Um, they're messy. Maybe the condition is just pure mess, <laughs> but not a desk necessarily, not, um, a certain writing pad, uh, Maybe one condition is all the colors I need and all the types of pens and highlighters. That's pretty important. What's your take on flow state editing versus flow state writing? Is it the same or is it different? Okay. Flow state writing, flow state editing. Flow state writing, yeah. I, you know, 
it is, uh, I'll call it uh, what it what it feels like sometimes, and that is exorcism. It is getting it out because it's stuck inside. It is uh, taking those things, and they can be, you know, intensely upsetting, or they could be intensely amazing, but to exercise is to get that thing out, right? Um and it's stuck and it's you know it's stuck inside of my head or my pen or my hand and it can't come out quick enough. Um and that process for that process I particularly like now that I'm now that you you've prompted me with a, a thought. I particularly like a 6B art pencil that is extremely sharp on paper that makes sound when I write. So there is a uh a sound to it. So I don't want slickery paper and I don't want ink that uh, gets messy at that point. I want the sound and feel of that, that uh, 6B pencil on um, grainy paper, preferably watercolor actually, because I like the texture a lot. So there's a lot of uh, texture feel. Um, it, it feels better. It flows better then. And then when I think about the editing point where, where that's coming in, I sound things out a lot. I like assonance. I like consonants. Um, I like to figure out where that pause really wants to be and what would happen if the pause gets moved. So that's an audio. And most of the time, because I don't have an inner voice, I have to say it out loud. And I learned only 10% of people don't actually have an inner voice and I'm one of the 10%. So I really do have to uh, say it out loud. And then I'm able to hear, is that a semicolon? Is that a double dash? Is that a, you know, is that a, an actual line break? What does that mean, that pause? And how long is it? So pause, pauses are, are audio to me. They are extremely audio. I love that idea. Audio. I, I, yeah. I think that's great advice to any established writer, burgeoning writer, someone dipping their toe in the creative process at some point to take your work and read it out loud. It doesn't have to be to an audience, to anybody, just to yourself, but you discover so much about the cadence, the structure, the pauses, as you said, from reading it out loud. I also loved your ideas about the, the um, tactile nature of writing. So when I do my first outline and then I do a more detailed outline, it has to be on paper. It has to be physical. But then when I write, I like to type on the computer because I can type faster than I can handwrite. What do you think is, what's the magic about the tactile nature of the writing process? So I'll go into, uh, I can also type faster than I can write. However, typing feels, um, feel more that I need to babysit the words as they're coming out when I'm typing. So when my hands are on the keyboard and I'm typing, I take more time to go back to correct spelling capitalization in the moment when I'm typing. But when I'm writing, I just scribble and I can flow faster. So whilst producing letters on paper to make families of words and passages does come out quicker on the keyboard. It is it is a more babied process, and then I might miss a moment of beauty uh, if I'm typing. Whereas when I'm writing, um, 
that scribble just allows me to move quicker into that that explosion that I was kind of getting at. That explosion is so quick that if I don't capture it, it could be gone. And I need it out. <laughs> I need it quickly out. And so I might just draw a big old line and keep going, um, which means nothing except I've made a mistake. And, you know, but if I'm on the keyboard, I'm like, oh, backspace, 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 oh, capital shift. And, you know, um, and then I've, I might have lost it. I might have, it might have, it was so fleet. Sometimes it's so fleeting that that corrective nature that I have in the keyboard um, makes me miss my moment sometimes. And so that's I so would key. prefer to write. That, that's such that a key point. point. That creative explosion, right? The flow state of writing, you want I think you want to do everything you can to foster that that explosion. And I think you're exactly right. There's a a writer, an author, I mentioned him on a, another podcast named Chris Fox. And he'd been a coder in the tech world, and then he decided to try his hand at writing and is now making a living as a full-time author. And he took this idea from the coding world of a coding sprint, meaning you just type out the code, you know you're making mistakes, but you do not stop for 20 minutes or whatever allotted time. And he took that idea and ported it over to writing, where he has his outline, he's writing his chapter, or whatever it is, and he knows what he needs to accomplish. And then he just goes and he knows he's making errors as he's typing, but he doesn't check them. And I think that idea of trying to correct things in the moment you want to stay away from because then you get stuck in your head. Yeah. And the creative side, the, the writing side of flow state is just, like you said, an explosion. The editing side, that's where you want to second guess everything. But the writing side, you just want to create so I have two things off of that that I can go with uh, in response. One is a, an educational response, and that is um, built into every task I have or unit, um, the students, I will, I will have them reflect. And for me, reflection has to be handwritten. And for me, reflection is timed. And for me, re reflection is mm. forget all the rules. Forget every rule you've ever had about what goes on that paper. Just write. And I tell them the only thing I'm grading at that point at that point is your idea. And so if it, spelling doesn't count, grammar doesn't count, capitalization doesn't count. I said, it would be nice to have some kind of line break or period or comma. And I'm not going to bother if it's the right one, but just let my, let my mind breathe. And so that stream of consciousness is how I build in reflection because I think that's more authentic to how do you feel about this unit and what did you learn and what will, what will happen with it? Um, so, so in that sense, I like a ruleless society that lives on that paper in that moment that just spits it out, um, without, without any type of worry about, Oh, I know that's not spelled right. Oh, I should capitalize. So I usually tell them to write in pen. I usually tell them don't have an erasable pen. You say, you know, cross it out. So that's on the that's on the teacher side of that. But then when I think about I because now you've got me thinking about that typing experience, there's something really cool about seeing your work typed because it feels official. Not not to say that that makes it any more official, but it feels more official. However, the limitation that that sits on a keyboard for me 
is something that I found when I started looking at, Mm -hmm. looking back at, do you remember diagramming sentences in high school? With diagramming sentences, you know, there's this visual to it, you know, you know, where the prepositional phrase goes, et cetera. And I really loved it because it gave organization. And I love the shape of sentences. There's a book about, uh, I think it's someone's dissertation, in fact, that they diagrammed the first sentences in many great works of literature. And I I just thought that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, So with that, and then I'm going to marry that into um, the liner notes for... uh, uh, artist we both like quite a bit. And in her liner notes, it was like art to read them. Um, and then there was a poet, there's a poet, uh, Nahira Wahid, in her second book feels a lot like that. And what happens is those pieces have lines and breaks in places that visually I can't produce on a keyboard. It's type typesetting nightmare. Um, (laughs) and I don't know if, I don't know if, if it's even describable at this point, but, um, those visuals are how I think I want to write and for it to appear. So that editing process on a keyboard is is a little bit tedious. What am I currently reading? I am reading Freshwater. And this is a brilliant book that reminds me of Ben Oakley's Famished Road. It has some feel like that. At the same time, I'm reading Toni Morrison. Ah, she's beyond brilliant, beyond brilliant, the source of self-regard. I am still working through and loving and marking up. Um, One day I will write about this place, which is a memoir. And um, on my bedside, I have a couple more books that I'm, I'm, I revisit often. I revisit Khalil Gibran's The Prophet quite a bit. I revisit Bell Hooks' Art on My Mind quite a bit. And then in terms of um, another new book that I am working with, it would be, what is on my table, man? Um, the lies that bind us. Um, so those are the books that are currently feeding me. <laughs> my conversation with Melissa. You can find all of my work at benbow.substack.com. That's benbow.substack.com. Have a great day.